0: So, with that, we'll go ahead and get into uh, God's word. We'll be in John chapter 17 tonight. Praise God. And so, and so my my hope is, my prayer is that with we've been going through and hitting different places and drilling into different different sections throughout John chapter 17 over the last three or four weeks. And what I hope to accomplish today is is tonight we'll go through John chapter 17 and we're going to hopefully be able to tie all of it together to get the comprehensive Uh, Message of what Jesus was wanting to not not even really communicate to us, but He is communicating to us. But this John 17 is Jesus's prayer. He had just spent; he'd been in the upper room. This is Jesus, uh, maybe 10 to 15 hours before he's about ready to go to the cross. Um, He'd celebrated the Passover feast with his disciples in the upper room, and so in chapters 13 through 16, he had finished. tea he had just taught them, and then in chapter 17. He's, uh, Jesus is, is praying to the Father uh, on their behalf and ultimately even on our behalf, amen. And so even within this prayer, uh, Jesus is giving us um, guidance on uh, kind of what his, what his mission is, what he's doing in the earth, what he wants to do um, in us and through us and with us, amen. Amen. And so, and so my goal is, the plan is, I want to start and we'll kind of read through all of John chapter 17. Um, if you've got the sheet, um, I have the handout for the sermon notes. There should maybe be some more copies on the table if you want to grab one later. If not, we ran out. I can go make copies real quick. It's all good. I've got all of the cross references and scripture references and things like that. Um, I am pointing that out because once I get going, um, I may not hit every single reference that's on the sheet, but that way you have it uh, for later on that you can Go and use it for devotion this week uh, to be able to reflect on uh, things of that nature. Um, so, so, my goal is as I see three overarching. Um, points three overarching things that Jesus, through this, through His high priestly prayer, is praying that I would, that hopefully by God's grace and by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, that we'll be able to successfully see from God's word, see from the from the words of Jesus uh, what He's saying through this prayer. And those three things are eternal life, unity, and mission. So I just want to just kind of lob those out there right now because as we go, we're going to see that Jesus is focusing on eternal life, unity, and mission and how all of those interrelate uh, with each other, why he's praying that for the disciples and what that means for us. Amen. So eternal life, unity. Mission, Praise God. All right, so let's go ahead and read the text and then we're just going to just dive in and we'll pop, 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 pop. We'll just start start banging it out, amen. So it says, so when Jesus had spoken these words, I'm just going to start at verse one. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life that they know know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. And they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Praise God. That is John chapter seventeen. So So now let's just dive right into it. Um, The very first thing that Jesus is getting at when he starts this prayer starts at the very top in John chapter 17, uh, verses one through five. But in those first couple verses, listen, to Jesus says, Father, the hours come glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. So right here, Jesus is saying, Father, I'm at this point, I'm about ready to go to the cross. And in that work, I am about ready, I have, I am about ready to accomplish the work that you've given me to do. And so so in me accomplishing the work, Father, that you've given me to do, praise God, It is going to effect and bring forth eternal life because the work that you have given me to do is, praise God, that Jesus left heaven, God the son left heaven, became man, took on flesh, lived a sinless, perfect life. Right? Was nailed to the cross, was buried, rose on the third day. And the Bible tells us the testimony is, is that through his crucifixion and through his resurrection, that all who call on the name of Jesus, that all who, who believe, believe in Jesus and receive him shall have eternal life. They shall be saved. Praise God. They shall be restored to the Father. And so Jesus is praying right here in this prayer like, Lord, I know what I'm about to do. I know that I'm about ready to go to the cross. But praise God, I'm willingly laying myself down and willingly endeavoring to engage in going to the cross because I came, Father, not to fulfill my will, but to fulfill your will. And your will is the salvation of all mankind that I'm going to affect through my work on the cross. And so right there, Jesus is establishing, because remember, eternal life, unity, mission. Those are the three things that we're going to be looking for tonight, right? Just those are kind of the hooks for the message tonight. So Jesus is basically saying, okay, Father, the mission that you gave me, the whole reason that I'm here is to bring forth and make possible eternal life. And so, and he tells us right here in verse four, that this mission that you have given me, I've accomplished. Once I go to the cross and buried and raised on the third day and have ascended, my mission will be accomplished and they and eternal life will be available to mankind. Amen. Praise God. And then with that, not only that, I'm going to just kind of leap down here to verse 24. It says right here, Jesus said in verse 24, Father, I desire... That they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. I love that. Because praise God, we can receive Jesus through his crucifixion and resurrection. We can receive Jesus right now. We can have Jesus right now and have our, have our relationship with God restored right now and enter into eternal life with the Father right now. And he promises, praise God here in verse 24, that a part of that eternal life is going to be that even though we may physically die... Praise God, we will still spiritually be alive, and the same glory that Jesus had with the Father, that he left heaven to come down here and take on human flesh, well, praise God, when he ascended back to the Father after his crucifixion and resurrection, he entered back in to that glory with the Father, and through Jesus, he's promising that, hey, even even if you die physically, you don't die without hope. You die with hope, because even though you may physically die, you'll spiritually be alive with me and the glory that i have with the father in heaven you'll be able to enter into and experience that same glory with me praise god so that is the hope that we have if you're here tonight and you've been walking with jesus amen praise god and you've been walking with jesus and maybe maybe you have lost a loved one that you know was right with god they had a relationship with jesus praise god be encouraged tonight that if they were in Jesus, they have eternal life. Praise God, their, their relationship with God was restored. Be encouraged that they're in glory with Jesus and the Father right now. And that praise God, if we're in Christ, it's not the end. That means that praise God, we'll be able to see them again. Amen. So be encouraged, be encouraged. Amen. So man, praise God for eternal life, right? And so, and so now, um, when we were going through John chapter 17, notice, I wanted to read the whole thing, because if you notice, there was a lot of times where he said, he used the phrasing, Father, I am in you, you are in me, and I pray that they would be in us, that they may be one, just as we are one, and so you notice in John chapter 17, Jesus prayed a lot that they be one, that they be one, that they be one. And that, that the basis of them being one is that Jesus is saying, Father, you and me are one. And because you and me are one, I'm praying that them being in me, then they'll be one and we'll be one. That's a lot of one, right? All right. So, so praise God. So here's, so here's what's going on with that. Um, so, this is this. So I'm about ready to get excited, okay? So, if I don't hit all the scripture references, they're on the note sheet. Praise God. All right. So here's, what, so, here's what's going on with that. You remember probably about a month or so ago, I had a whole big sheet in my big diagram about the Trinity, right? And so here's my here's my 5-second tour of the Trinity because what's going on here in John chapter 17 only makes sense if we understand the concept of the Trinity and Trinity is a 5-cent word that you're not going to find in scripture but it's a word that's used that like hey here's this one term that we use that conveys the idea and thought of this right here. And so the thought of the Trinity is is that praise God we worship God. God is one. He is one being, and we worship God and him alone. We are monotheistic. We believe that there is one true God and that he's the one who we worship, and he's revealed himself to us as Yahweh in the Old Testament, and he's revealed himself to us through Jesus in the New Testament, right? But so here's the deal, though. The Trinity says that God is one being but has manifested himself and has manifested himself as three persons, And so these three persons would be God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're all, so it's not three different gods because it's the one God and they're one in essence, one in mind, one in purpose, one in mission, and in every way they are one. So they're one in essence. But how they manifest themselves and in personhood, they're three separate persons, right? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And so so with that understanding, that's why Jesus can say, Father, I am in you and you're in me. Because he's saying, I'm not different than you, Father. Father, please, I'm glorifying you through my death and resurrection, praise God. But you're also glorifying me because by me being able to raise from the, on the third day through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're putting your stamp of approval on me, Father, that, that me and you are truly one. And the, and the significance of that is, is that if Jesus was only a man... If Jesus was a created being, an angel, then his death on the cross would would accomplish no more than my death on the cross. Only God can can sufficiently pay the price for and receive and take on himself the wrath of God. And so because God is so big to appease his own self, Praise God. He was willing to do that on our behalf. Praise God. I and the father are one. And so here's the significance of that. Because what I want to get into, I've got some cross references here. And and we'll even, I've got a couple scriptures here. And so we'll see that, that within the Trinity, or that's a fancy way of maybe saying, maybe way of thinking of it is triunity. Okay, that within the Godhead, there's a tri-unity. And so the, the importance of that is, is that praise God, even though there, it's one God and he's one being, there are three different persons. But each one of those persons within the Godhead has their own function, their own role, and their own responsibility. And even their own personality. Right? And so, and so here's the significance of that is praise God. God is not looking for, is not a God of uniformity. He's a God of unity because uniformity says, brother John, you've got to, you've got to walk, your walk with God needs to look the exact same way. My walk with God looks how you, how I worship God is how you need to worship God. And so instead of us, instead of us being each uniquely made in the image of God, in which he's created us to reach out to him and worship him, and he's uniquely, uniquely placed us, wired us, and all of these different things. Uniformity would say, get rid of all of the differences that we have. We all need to look the same. Unity says, Unity says, praise God, we can be one in mind, one in purpose, one in mission, one in spirit. But praise God, there's still differences among us on how it looks, how it flows, different roles, different functions. And with that, all of it working together is more beautiful and, and, and a symphony, working together is a symphony than uniformity that just says, get in line and let's go march as a robot. Okay. And so, and so, I'm, so I'm saying that because the, Jesus is saying, praying on purpose, Lord, Father, I and you and you and me. Because he's he's indicating to us that when he's talking about us being one, that our oneness that we have that he's looking for and praying for that we have with each other would would be a reflection of the unity that's within the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So praise God, when we come to church and we're here as a church body and each one is operating in their gifts and each one of us is right where we're supposed to be, doing what it is that we're supposed to be doing, knowing that we're flowing with God and what he wants us to do, praise God, that's a reflection of God and who he is. And so he's wanting to manifest his character and his personhood through us. Okay. And so, and so with that, so let's just, so so let me just break this down a little bit. So, so God, the father, listen to Ephesians chapter one, verses three and four, God, the father says, blessed be the God and the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see there a distinction, right? Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. God, the father has the plan because notice that it says God, the father blessed us in Christ and chose us in him before the foundation of the world. God, the father is the one that has the plan. He's got the big picture. He's got, he's got it worked out, right? Praise God. So that's God, the father, God, the son, the text tells us does the will of the father, John chapter 6, verse 38 says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John chapter 8, verse 28, 29. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. So we see that God the Father has the plan. God the Son is perfectly obedient to the will of God the Father. Amen. I don't I didn't he said I didn't come to do my will. I came to do the Father's will. Right. And so then we see God, the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16, verse 13 through 15. It says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but at whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. He will take what is mine, declare it to you. All that the father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So we see God, the father has the plan. God, the son is c- completely and perfectly obedient to God the Father, and we see that God the Holy Spirit is the one who now is among us, praise God, that because Jesus has ascended to the right hand, God the Holy Spirit is the one that's drawing us to God. He's, he's the one that's working in us to draw us to God, that's glorifying Christ. He's the one that's illuminating our minds so that we understand the Word of God. He's the one that's that's empowering us to, to, not, just, to not just know about God, but to want to know God. He's the one that is empowering and working in us to to not just be able to hear the word of god and think that's sweet but actually live it and apply it to our lives which we wouldn't be able to do on our own otherwise amen so i hope you see that within the trinity it's all god one being but each person within the trinity has their own role their own function their own their own purpose that they have within within the godhead right And so praise God, I've already gotten way ahead of myself, um, but praise God, our being one, when Jesus is talking about our being one, our unity is just to be a reflection of the unity that has eternally existed within the triune God. And so this is why I've been drilling in the last couple of weeks to John chapter 17, verse 17, because that verse says, God, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And so we drilled into God's word being truth, right? And so we defined him saying that he didn't say it was an adjective, and a noun. He said it was an adjective. He didn't say it was an adjective. He said it was a noun. God's word isn't just true. It is truth. It is the objective standard by which all other truth claims need to be measured against. And if anybody tries to give you any information that doesn't line up with the truth of God's word, then praise God, it needs to be rejected because it's a lie, because God's word is based on God's character. And we know that God is not a man that he should lie. And so if God is, is truthful, if God is faithful, if God is a man of his word, praise God, Then we can always rely on him, and because he's God and he has all knowledge and all power, we don't have to worry about him getting some piece of new information that he didn't have before that would cause him or need him to make him change his mind. He already knows, so praise God when he tells us, we can bank on it. So here's the here's the significance of that because my when I say when I say unity, when Jesus is praying for us to be one, he's praying for our unity. He's wanting our our relationships with one another to, to, to be unity and to look like and be a representation of the unity that's within the Godhead. But that is never going to happen if we all are banging on our own drum. Because the best that I would be able to produce is uniformity. I can get with somebody and say, hey, you need to look like I look. You need to do what I do. You need to believe exactly how I believe. That may bring forth uniformity, but it doesn't bring forth unity. The only thing that's going to bring forth unity is that all of us are going to have to set aside our own stuff. And we have to look at not just a truth and not just look at what somebody is telling us is true, but we need to look towards the truth. And as we each set our eyes on the truth, then we all are going to end up at the same place and being at the same point to be able to walk together, moving in the same direction. All right. So, for instance, praise God. So 100 pianos. Let's say we had 100 pianos. And I have a tuning fork. So you're you're not going to tune those pianos accurately and get them in tune with one another if you just go from piano to piano, and while you're playing this one and tuning this one, you go over and say, okay, you're playing that one, and so you start tuning this one based on what you think that one sounds like. By the time we've done gotten about five pianos down just trying to do it by ear, how subjective is that? There's going to be degradation. You're going to lose something in the tuning the further you go along trying to play it by ear to the next one, right? There's no objective standard. There's there's nothing by which to take each one of those things and, and make sure that they're all going in the same direction and have the same standard. So praise God, the best way to do it is to have a tuning fork. And so then that way, it's not about me subjectively going from piano to piano, trying to make sure they sound the same or in tune. If I have that tuning fork, which is the objective standard, and I tune all 100 pianos to that one tuning fork, then by the time I'm done, I can be confident that all 100 of those pianos have been tuned accurately. Does that make sense? And so, and so that's the importance of, of, us, of us, Jesus saying, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Because his word is like that tuning fork. And it's not about us subjectively. Hey, I'm going to try, you know what I'm saying? Because if we have our eyes on trying to, on unity, and if we try to focus on being unified within each other, we'll never be unified The only way that we'll have be unified, and the only way that we can have true unity, is getting my eyes off of me and getting my eyes off of you, and putting my eyes on the Father, and putting my eyes on the objective standard of His truth. And then, like we said last week, we define sanctification as pursuing and recovering God's good design and purpose for our lives. So, if I'm if I'm looking at God's Word as the truth. And I'm seeking to recover God's good purpose and design for my life and for life. And you're doing the same thing. 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 The same thing. That's where true unity is going to come from. Because if we're all you having you. <laughs> if we're all pushing aside our different standards and subjective things that we may use to try to judge things, praise God, and we're all looking to the truth and we have an objective standard that's outside of us and greater than us, and we're seeking to pursue and recover God's good purpose and design for us based on what he's revealed to us through the word, then we're all going to end up at the same place. And so I think, so, so think about a triangle. At the base of the triangle, you've got the end over here, right? So, so I picture it as, man, we, we're all kind of right here, and we're, we're, everybody's just kind of all over the place at the, at the, at the bottom, right? Because the base is like this. But when you think about a triangle, what does a triangle do? It, it, reaches, it reaches a point at the top, doesn't it? Whew. So let's think about this. If God is at the top, and even though we may start off with different ends, that if I'm seeking God and I'm recovering his good purpose, seeking God and pursuing God through Jesus Christ and his good design and purpose for my life, then what am I doing? I'm getting closer and closer and closer to God. And if we're all doing the same thing, where are we gonna meet at? Instead of us being on two separate ends, we're gonna be right here with God, right? And so, and so, man, What would our marriages look like if we put aside ourselves and we met our spouses (laughs) right here with God? Because we're seeking him and trying to recover what he has for our marriage. What would our families look like if our families met right here? What would our ministries look like? What would our work look like? What would our church look like if we stopped man, we're in the same building, we're at the same place, but man, let's not be content with just kind of being here. Let's meet each other right here where God is, his standard of truth, seeking to recover, pursuing to recover his good design and purpose for our lives. Amen. And praise God, as we each do that individually, then Jesus is already praying for us that as each of us do that individually, that he's going to put us together in such a way that each one of us will get put together in unity and we would be able to be one because now by the time I'm up here with God, part of my purpose that he's working in my life is going to be to have your back. And part of the purpose he's going to put in your life is going to be having my back. So let's look at this. First, this is where I'm going with this. First Corinthians chapter 12. Listen to what Paul writes with that. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. This is an awesome illustration from the good word of God. "For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ." So verses 18 through 27. So that's how unity works and that's how oneness works, is you think of the body. So praise God as we're each individually in Christ and we're each individually seeking God, we're each individually submitting to the objective standard of the truth of his word. We're each seeking to recover and pursue and recover God's good design and purpose for our lives. And as such, God says, okay, you're a member and I, as part of my good plan that I have for your life, I am setting you in the body right here. And guess what i'm setting you right here and i'm setting you right here and praise god it's not about me being greater than you or you being greater than me it's about just like your own body like okay if your hand is doing something other than what your brain is telling it to do something is wrong it's crippled and so jesus is saying submit to me and i'm gonna put you right where i need you to be because in me, and this, this mixes in with the mission part of it, because as you're seeking me, I'm going to get you right where I want you to be, doing what I want you to do, and I, need, and I want you, my prayer is that you're one. My prayer is that you're in unity, so just as a body has individual members, each one of those members is working together and doing their own part, so they can move together and move forward, going in the same direction, and as one whole body can accomplish more than one member in and of itself can do on its own right and so and so I was thinking through this today and I was like like man the reason like I'm gonna be honest so like I brought up Mr. Allen and him dancing before right that brought joy to my heart seeing Mr. Allen dance like that like for real for real Mr. Allen Like, God used you with that to encourage me. Because seeing you worship God, that, like, man, that makes me want to, that makes me, that gave me joy. But isn't that what Jesus said? That, man, when we're in the body of Christ, man, if my brother is, if there's a member of my body that's suffering, I'm suffering. If there's another member that has joy, man, I'm rejoicing with them. It's not about him losing. If he wins, I lose. And if I lose, he wins. Praise God. If he wins, I win. If he loses, I lose. Right? And so and so, praise God, I was thinking about this, and like, man, so God has placed me as a member of his body right now to have the, the opportunity to speak on the stage. The, the most the most that I can pray for is God. may I be an instrument of you may I, may I be used of you this evening, Lord God, to encourage your people through your word and put the hunger in them for your word that they seek and want to be unified and want to be one and want to seek you and be and have eternal life. The people would want eternal life. The people would want to be unified in you, Jesus, and the people would want to be on mission with you, God. The best that I can do is encourage you in that and show you from God's word why Jesus says that's important. Amen. Amen. But praise God, with that, I can't do what Pastor Sonny does. And I'm not, I'm not name-dropping different people because, they, because I'm giving them glory. We're giving Jesus glory, amen. Pastor Sonny sending out the thing. Like, praise God, we was able to, to have the food together to be able to bless 10 families in the neighborhood with Thanksgiving dinner that they otherwise wouldn't have. Praise God. But guess what? Pastor Sonny wouldn't have been able to deliver that food except there were people that he knew and that that was in ministry with and partners that he's with that has provided the food and they all helped donate. Right? And praise God. Mr. Tom is over here. A lot of times is over here out here praying. While service is going on, man, praise God. Knowing that Mr. Tom is praying, that gives me encouragement to know that God is working and hearing those prayers while we're doing so that God can be moving and working, right? While, while we're even in service right now. Praise God. Man, I, I think of, man, just seeing like I've seen the Street Crow t-shirts with Miss Carrie Lynn and Miss Linda and Cricket. You know what I'm saying? So I know that that meant that Rahab's light was out here at the Shell Station on Midlow Turnpike right up here at the corridor ministering and reaching out to women that are on the street to provide them the love of Jesus and to give them hope. I couldn't do that because I'm over here praying and crying and Lord, you got to help me try to even make sense tonight of this message, but praise God while they're doing that, while I'm doing this, they're out doing that. Right. And while they're doing that, they have the opportunity to do that because Jesse and Miss Lisa and our men and women at the homes are grinding it out over to thrifty nickel right and they so they're grinding it out at the thrifty nickel but praise god they're they're they ministering to people that are coming in needing help with food needing help with clothes needing help with stuff right they're they're helping people take their furniture brush. some of that furniture that's 1975 wood oak heavy you know what i'm saying mr keith ain't no more than a buck 25 soaking wet putting that thing on his shoulder putting it. that's the glory of god though that's him being a servant. So, and praise God, I can do that, but I wouldn't be able to do this unless he's doing that. Right? And so I hope you see with some of these with some of these examples, you know, what I'm saying I'm even thinking like seeing Miss Ra Ra help out at the food pantry and like, man, God is pulling me towards the food pantry and man, my career and my job and food pantry. And I've seen her helping out in the food pantry. Well, praise God, I know talking to Miss Carrie Lynn, talking about, the, oh, we had 175 people come through on a, on a Thursday in two hours. Praise God. If they didn't have you there helping them, Miss Ra Ra, then that would the struggle would have been super real right and so and so i hope you see that it's not about uniformity it's not about all of us being the same praise god that we're different Because as long as we're all seeking God, doing what he wants us to do, being where he wants us to be based on how he's uniquely wired us with the mission that he's given to us, he is uniquely placing us and situating each and every one of us right where he wants us to be. So that with all of us together, we're getting way more done together than any one of us can do individually. So even if you've been sitting here thinking like, man, nobody notices me, man, I'm I'm doing my best to seek God and be where he wants me to be. And it just feels like I'm just out here. It just feels like I'm on my own, right? Praise God. Praise God. I was reminded of this today. Man, Jesus had the lunch of a little boy, five loaves and two fish. And he broke that five loaves and two fish and fed 5,000. So I look around at this room. Now, are we filled to the guilt? With people in this place, no. But praise God, with the five loaves and two fishes that each of us are offering up to God with ourselves, we're able to accomplish way more together than any of us has done on our own, right? And so example, example, praise God. This is this is real. This is real life. We had a, we had a gentleman come into the coming to the ranch a couple few months ago named Jeff, right? And so praise God, Jeff, man. So like, I'm up here preaching, bop, 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 whatever this is that I do, right? I'm kicking, bop, bop, bop. So I, we give the altar call, man, go, you can see Pastor James, Pastor Sonny, you can see uh, Ms. Dave, Mr. Dave, Miss Dina. This is why we have prayer partners, because this is real, like he, they're there because God is using them and strategically positioning them to be able. To, I've seen Miss Dina and Mr. Dave opening the word of God, making the word of God clear to people that hey all right Tim you said a whole bunch of stuff and I don't know but they just made it clear I've seen Mr. Tom praying with people Mr. Jeff it was when we gave the altar call we gave the invitation and I watched him leave from this section right here and walk back and pray with Pastor James and that night Pastor James was like somebody got saved tonight praise God praise God but then like two months later Mr. Jeff ends up in the hospital with some mysterious disease. And then, like a, like, a month later, Mr. Jeff passes away, which is sad. I mean, that's heartbreaking, right? But I, but I, but I use that as an example because, be, because, remember, eternal life, unity, and mission. Jesus has provided the way of eternal life so that we can have eternal, so that, so that we can have eternal life. And then because we now have relationship with God, he wants us to seek him, recover and pursue his good design and purpose for our lives. As we do that, we can be, have unity so that he can send us back out on the mission the Father gave him to do to bring eternal life to people through Jesus Christ.